You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message, recorded live from our Brighton campus. This morning we're going to read out of uh, Luke 24. And uh, I'm going to go there in a second, but this account is about two individuals that are walking towards a village called Emmaus. And this account takes place uh, the same day as the resurrection of Jesus. Um, and it's, it's soon after that it's apparent that Jesus is no longer in the grave, but that he has risen. And so reading from Luke 24, 13 to, I believe it's 32, 31 or 32. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them named Cleopas asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem? Who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who, um, who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. He said to them, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter in enter his glory and begin and beginning with Moses and all the prophets he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself as they approached the village to which they were going Jesus continued on on as if he were going further but they urged him strongly stay with us for it is nearly evening the day is almost over so he went in to stay with them When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. Lord, we just ask that that you would speak to us this morning from your word, that, uh, that you would open our hearts and open our minds to what we need to hear today. And we just thank you that, uh, that you're with us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So this is a very um, intriguing story. When, when read from this side of, of the cross, this side of the resurrection, um, this side of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and, and even his, his printed word, it's easy to, to maybe uh, pass judgment on these two and think, I would have known it was Jesus, right? Sometimes we have that sort of, maybe we read this and think, 
how on earth did they not pick up that this was Jesus? And so I know that it, it says that in his word very clearly that they were kept from recognizing him. But to me, this should have been an easy one, right? I mean, these guys had seen Jesus and, and they should have just kind of maybe clued in. But the reality is that, that none of us know um, how we would have responded to the events that were taking place at that time. I mean, we always have this idea of this is how we would respond. And if Jesus was walking the earth today, I'd, I for sure would recognize him and I would follow him. You know, all of these sorts of things. But I don't think any of us really know how we would respond and how we would have responded to those events. And, um, you know, today and tomorrow, we don't know how we will, will, how we will respond to different things that happen in life with God. We, we can't predict how we're going to respond. We may have an idea. We may have a, a preference. Um, we may, after the fact, say, oh, I should have, I should have thought about it this way or, or I should have done that different. Or sometimes we might put ourselves in somebody else's shoes and think we're better than them and kind of say, well, if that was me, this is how I would have replied to that situation or this is how I would have approached that, right? We, we kind of do these different things and ultimately we, we don't know how we are, will and how we're going to respond to different things. I think always, even at looking at this story, hindsight, right, is always 2020. It's like afterwards we're like, oh, yeah, oh, I see how this sort of took place. This, this story reminds me, um, and I hope that it will remind you, of our need to not just have information about Jesus, but that we would but that we would really know him in our hearts. That, that we wouldn't just hear about him, but that we would, we would know him deep down inside. That he wouldn't simply be this sort of, uh, I guess, um, this sort of being out there somewhere, but that we would have this personal connection with him. And even as Hannah, Hannah prayed earlier uh, about um, having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. See, it's one thing about knowing him and having information about him. It's another thing when we connect and we are walking with him. This this story starts off with a a very interesting twist. And I've said this already. He says, they were kept from recognizing him. And the question is, well, why were they, you know, um, why were they kept from recognizing him? And, uh, there might be many different reasons that that you may uncover as you read the word and and the Lord may show other people um, some different things that would be applicable to you at that moment at that time. But I really believe one of the reasons why they were kept from recognizing him is because God invites realness or he welcomes realness. So I'd like to say in my own life that I'm kind of that guy, what you, what you see is what you get. I think that my, my peers, um, feel that I'm fairly consistent. My family, I think, feel that I'm fairly consistent. Sure, I have some up days and down days. I think my acquaintances would say, yeah, he's a fairly consistent individual. But what would I be like if I was in the presence of, say, our prime minister? Or if I was in the presence of the queen, how 
what would I be like in that situation? Would I act different? Would I think different? Would I, would I speak different? Would I respond different? I mean, in some ways, I would hope that I would be consistent. But in the presence of somebody like a prime minister or like, um, like the queen, I'm, I bet you I would act or think or respond or kind of be a little bit different than I would be, say, with Greg and I, right? There's a, there's a chance. And, uh, you know, what happens is if I, uh, if I encountered them and I was acting different and thinking different and, and responding different, maybe the real me wouldn't come out. Maybe uh, the hurts that are going on in my, lo- in my life or the different challenges that are going on in my heart may not come out in that moment. Now, I recognize this, this sort of example can break down. I recognize that if I was seeing the queen, I'm probably not going to just like, this is what's going on in my life. I'm probably not going to do that. But the point is, do we act different around certain individuals? I know in my life, and I think in, um, in, if you're a vicar or a pastor or um, a minister of some sort, often people, when they find that out about you, all of a sudden things change. They, it's, it's, we don't want that to happen as a pastor. I don't want that to happen. I want people to see that, hey, we're just two human beings doing life. I just happen to be doing this. You happen to be doing something else. I'm not any closer to God than you are. Like, we're just, we're equals. Um, but so often, people will, all of a sudden, as soon as they know I'm a pastor, it's like, oh. And they they decide to change. And and I knew one individual, and he even happened just a few days ago. The one lady was about to, to swear in front of me, and uh, she didn't. Now, maybe there was an element of she thought, ooh, I, I better not do that because I'm in the presence of one that's really close to the Lord, which is, again, I've just deflated that situation, said, no, that's not the reality. But uh, maybe she's wanting to be respectful to me, and I appreciate that. But I just said to her, again, I said, you know, you just be you, and I'll just be me, and that will be a lot better, and we can just be real and honest around each other. And so I believe that maybe this is what was going on in this story. Now, if Jesus showed up and said, hey, guys, it's me, first of all, he would have used A because he, I think he's part Canadian, so he would have been A, guys. This is me. And, and perhaps the, the real them wouldn't have come out if, if he just said, Hey guys, it's me. And, and then I guess you could take it a bit further. Even if he did, would they have believed him? Right? Would they even have believed it? See, I believe Jesus in all, all his wisdom and perfect timing was more interested in that moment to see where their hearts were than he was about anything else. And yes, he knows all things. That is, that is a given. He knows, he knows it all. He knows what we're going to say before we're going to say it. He knows the, the, the innermost depths, places of our hearts. But sometimes he wants us to know, do we know what's going on? And so sometimes he wants to see where we're at. And sometimes in order for that to happen, it's like he needs to just let us sort of be us and kind of not 
uh, kind of disguise himself, so to speak, so that we will be completely honest. He wants to do this because are our hearts ready for what he wants to do next in our lives? See, I think with those individuals, maybe there was something that God wanted to do in their lives. And so it's like he just disguised himself. He made it so they, they wouldn't recognize him, so that he could just really hear what, what was going on. And he says, what are you discussing together as you walk along? And of course, in this moment, the two are still unaware who has joined them in the walk. So with downcast faces, they say, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened? It's kind of like, how wouldn't you know what's going on? I mean, this is the biggest event. This is the biggest moment in history. And you're like, you're not aware of what's going on? And so then Jesus asks a question. Well, what things, right? He starts this dialogue, this conversation. And, uh, and the two explain all that had happened in the last three days. It's like they explain the facts. They explain their feelings. They, they explain heartache. They explain disappointment. They're just getting raw, right? They're just getting honest. They're just getting vulnerable with God, even though at this point he's just a stranger or seems like a stranger. You know, I found in my own life, um, I've, I've just loved those moments when I can get brutally honest with God. And at the end, the end result is always good. It may not be pretty in the moment. It may be challenging to get really honest and real. It may be hard to get vulnerable with God, even though that seems to not make sense because he knows what's going on anyways. But he wants us to just get honest with him. Because in those moments, he brings peace and he'll bring that comfort that we need. He can handle honesty. God can handle honesty. He's all right when we're completely real with him. He's, he's okay with that. He knows how to handle it. He knows what to do in those situations when we are just honor, um, just completely open and honest with him. Matthew 28, sorry, Matthew 11, 28, it says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. He doesn't say, you know, come to me, then proceeds with a list of who that doesn't apply to. But he just says, come to me. And he, he just says, come. And, and that, that word, you know, come to me is, is it doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter your upbringing. It doesn't matter your understanding or your lack of understanding, your nationality, gender, your, your age, whether you're young or old or in between. None of that matters. He just says, come. I mean, what an amazing thing that we, we don't have to fix our lives up first. We don't have to put ourselves all together. He just says, he just says, come and, and I'll give you rest and I'll do what needs to take place in your life. So the first thing we see is that, yes, Jesus kept them from recognizing him, but I really believe it was so that they would just be open and honest and real with, with this guy. The second thing we see in this story is Jesus brings his truth to our situation. In verse 27, it says, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures. Now, you know, I'm not sure about, about you, but in life when things are 
going really smooth and really nice, that's fantastic, right? But when a curveball gets thrown at us, things change, right? It's like when everything is just smooth sailing, we're good to go. But once the the seas get a little rough, that then we start kind of like, oh, this isn't this isn't what I signed up for. This is not really what I'm too keen on right now. You know, when Kyla and I came to England, you know, bottom line is God has just supernaturally provided for us in so many different ways. And I, I would not be able to go into all the stories. But there were there were step this was a step of faith. There were there were challenges, there were different situations along the way, and still happen along the way where we have to remind ourselves who's brought us here and who's our provider and who knows what's going on in our lives. And even when there are curveballs, because there are a lot of them, we have to constantly remind ourselves of how amazing God is and that this is not a surprise to him. That our situation that we might run into tomorrow is not like, oh man, I didn't see that coming. No, God is fully aware of those different situations. And if we embrace them properly, we grow through those situations. We, we end up coming out the other side going, man, God just showed his faithfulness again. Instead of instead of looking at it as a negative and, and, and maybe coming out of it going, I can't believe God's putting me through this, right? There's different ways that we can look at things. And so God has just been so, um, just has really provided and just been amazing in our lives since we've been here and for many, many years before that. Um, Philippians 4.19 says, And my God will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. It's like, his word is truth, and we need to hang on to that truth. But there have been, you know, um, moments, like I was saying, that, that we've wanted to give up. We haven't wanted to kind of follow that path that he has for us. But we know that it's better to follow the path that he has for us, even though there may be difficult seasons, than to be doing something that he hasn't called us to, and it just be, you know, just kind of whatever. We want to be in the center of God's will, and I pray that that's where you guys would be as well. And, uh, you know, sometimes uh, it seems like the evidence in life wasn't lining up with his word. That happens sometimes. We see all these horrible things or brutal things taking place in life, and you're like, none of this lines up with your word, Lord. Like, what is going on? And so the stranger reminds them not to allow their circumstances to dictate truth, but to welcome truth to dictate their circumstance. It's like Jesus in that moment was reminding them about, um, reminding him of truth. They were in the kind of this circumstance where they were feeling like, oh, this is it. Like, like we're done. He's been buried and there's kind of some rumors out there that he's risen, but I don't know. I don't really see the evidence. I don't, I don't, man, I guess, I guess this gig's over, right? But, Jesus takes time, or this stranger takes time to remind them to uh, to not allow their circumstance to dictate truth, but to welcome truth to dictate their circumstance. You know, I was thinking even in this moment of of how Jesus was just walking along with them, and I thought, you know, we have the word that is truth that we need to apply to our lives and 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 welcome it to just impact our lives. But do we have people in our lives as well? 
that may speak truth into your life? Or do you have people around you that are there to encourage you and help you out? Or do you have people that sort of bring you down, right? We have to always be remembering that, that his word wants to build us up, but we need people in our lives too that are going to build each other up. That's why we meet together. That's why there's a place at the table for everyone here because we want, we want us, we want each other to come around and build each other up so we can journey together and work through the things that we have to work through. The last thing we see in this story is life is unlocked through Jesus. Life is unlocked through Jesus. In verse 30, it says, When he, Jesus, was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. In this story, there their eyes were opened because of a very practical reason. It was the breaking of bread, and it actually says that in verse 35. And, and it was the breaking of bread that triggered um, who they were with. All of a sudden, it was like, ah, yeah. And um, the reason why is because they, they had moments like this in the past, and they were these moments were intimate moments. Sharing a meal with someone at that time was a big deal. I mean, even today when you think about, we, we, we often are in such a rush to just kind of grab a quick bite here and keep going or, you know, even at mealtime sometimes it's like everybody's scattered or just, well, I'm just going to eat here quick and I'm going to sit in front of the TV and I'm going to go sit here. And we don't come together as much as I think we used to. And there's something about sharing a meal with somebody, taking time to just sit down with one another. It's generally, it's like an intimate moment with that person. You know, Jesus often got ridiculed because of who he was having a meal with. And I, I really think if, if who Jesus ate with or associated with didn't matter, nobody would have said anything. They wouldn't have cared, right? They would have just let it happen. But it was, it was a sign of intimacy. It was a sign of welcoming somebody into your life. It was a sign of saying, um, I want to be a part of your life. It was like this sign of, of openness. Let's get, let's get real with one another. Let's converse with one another. Let's talk about your life and, and I'll tell you a little bit about my life. There was this, it was these intimate moments. Often we're not just gonna, you know, just share uh, with someone just what's going on in our lives if we don't really know who they are or we haven't spent a bit of time with them. Around a meal, though, generally, you've, you're, you've been doing life with that person and you take time to, to share what's going on in life. You know, um, I, I truly crave moments of openness with God because it's in these times that I see who He is and the fullness of life that he has for me. It's like in those moments of just one-on-one with the Father, there's, there's openness, and he begins to show me who he is, and he begins to, to, to show me what he has in store for me in those intimate moments. You know, sometimes I can, I'll hang out with friends and and, and as I said already, I'll have friends in my life that maybe encourage me in different ways, but also people in my life that, that, that can, 
that can speak into my life, that, that can maybe recognize things in my life that I don't always recognize in myself, but they get drawn out by others because I'm allowing them to see who I am, right? One preacher uh, recently was sharing a story and he, he talked about intimacy and, and how, you know, if you break that word down, it's like into me you see. It's allowing God or people into your life to see what's really going on. And I think, again, in this story around this supper table, it was like there was this intimate moment, these in, this intimate moment that brought back, okay, this is, this is Jesus. This is, this is the one that he has risen. And so I love these moments when I can just spend that time with God. And as I said earlier, I don't want to just, you know, have information about Jesus, but I want my eyes to be opened to who he is because this unlocks true life. True life is unlocked when we allow him to come into our lives and allow him to see what's really going on. And, and then he unlocks things that need to be unlocked so we can walk in that fullness that he has for us, so that we can walk in the abundant life that he has for us, so that the things that maybe from our past that have haunted us, he can, he can sort of uh, cut those things off in our lives so we can walk in what he has for us. And it all starts by letting him not pass you by, but inviting him over for a meal right? It's like in that moment when Jesus was going to keep going further and these two say, you know, maybe for a very practical reason, but they say, why don't you just stay? Why don't you come over for a meal? And I think in our own lives, that's what we need to do. We just say, would you just stay a little while? We invite him in. I think, you know, Often people will say, well, he doesn't want anything to do with my life. And it's like, actually, that's not true. He wants everything to do with your life. But we have to come to that place where we say, I want you to be a part of my life. Even as followers of Christ, we have to regularly be saying, God, I want you to be a part of my life. I want you to be in this situation. I want you to be in this moment with me because I can't, I can't do this on my own. I need you. So we need to invite him over for a meal. You know, this is simply by acknowledging that he has risen. And because of this, we are invited into true life. We're invited into true life. I'm going to just say a couple more things, but I was thinking, Giovanni, if you could get Hannah, because Chris and Hannah are going to sing a final song for us this morning. But as we close, I want us to know this morning that Jesus is so in love with us. He's so in love with us. That's why he rose again. God had, he has a plan. He has this amazing purpose for our lives. And, and it's because he loves us. It all boils down to that. And it's an unconditional love for us. There's an old song. Well, it's not that old, actually. We just don't sing it anymore. It might be just two years old. Um, it is It is longer than that. But there's this song, and I won't sing it, but it says, He came from heaven to earth to show the way. 
From the earth to the cross, our debt to pay. From the cross to the grave, from the grave to the sky. And then it says, Lord, I lift your name on high. And uh, the reality for us this morning is that sin has been conquered. As I shared even last night about, about identity. And uh, not, not totally all about identity, but a little bit about identity. I talked about, you know, that we're no longer sinners. Yes, we have sinned. And yes, we have fallen short from, of the glory of God. But we are no longer seen as sinners. But we are seen as a royal priesthood, as sons and daughters of God. He loves each and every single one of us. So sin has been conquered. Death has been defeated. The grave is empty and he is risen. And for that reason, we can have life to the full. And he invites us into a life of fullness. And if you don't know the Lord this morning, if you don't have that personal relationship with him, today is an opportunity to do that. Today is an opportunity to say, Lord, I surrender my life to you. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church, passionately loving God and people in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.